Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey, everyone. It's Los. We are here. We're finally here. The playoffs are upon us. No more exciting time in the world than right now. Yeah, hopefully uh, if you guys are listening to this, you've made it to the fantasy playoffs. Otherwise, I'm not really sure why you're listening. Uh, you know, otherwise, other than the sound of our melodious voices, uh, I don't know why you would need advice for week 14. Well, there's always things to learn, things to pick up on, things that you can use next year, right? It's never too late to keep learning. I guess, but uh, if you're out of the playoffs, you can probably just sign off now, losers. Oh, jeez, what a jerk. <laughs> I now, kid, our, I the kid. addicts are all winners, though. Uh, in our, I think this is the first time in the, uh, in the inception, not to talk about our own league, but since the inception of our league for all three of us to uh, make it into the playoffs. Oh, are we? I haven't looked at uh, our league that we're all in together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dan is uh, Dan is looking good. Mung, you're in first, as you know. I'm uh, creeping behind you in second. Well, I believe Dan needs to win this week, though. Yeah, but he's going to. There's no question there. All right, it's close right now. Good luck to Dan. Um, but yeah, week 14 is upon us, and the first week of the fantasy playoffs. If you know you're out, you're done. Just like uh, we saw Pittsburgh lose today. That was uh, pretty shocking. Absolutely shocking. I, I can't believe what I saw. Los, what do you think was the more shocking upset in week 13? Was it the Giants beating the Seahawks or Washington taking down the undefeated Pittsburgh? Actually, and this is just looking at the history of, of, uh, of what I've seen over the past 10 years, Pittsburgh loves to lose games that they shouldn't lose especially when they're at home. So while I was very surprised by tonight's loss, I would not say I was shocked. I was shocked that Seattle was limited as they were on uh, on offense. And kudos to the Giants' defense there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, really, does the NFC East start to deserve a little modicum of respect here after two big wins? I mean, I think you should at least be... 500 making the playoffs before I give any of your teams respect, but, uh, but you know, they're getting close. Yeah. With how the giants and the Washington defense are playing, you know, they could actually be legit, uh, playoff contenders if at least through the first round. And who would think, but with, uh, with Colt McCoy at the helm and Alex Smith. Yeah. Who says quarterbacks matter? You don't need no. to pay up for quarterbacks. <laughs> Never. Not in fantasy, not in real football. Yeah. Look what Taysom Hill's doing. That's right. That's right. And heck, look what Mitchell Trubisky's. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see about that. But, uh, you know, late season, a lot of things change. And some teams that were previously struggling are now starting to thrive. That's for sure. So if you guys like making prop bets, Thrive Fantasy is perfect for you, offering DFS style contests where you pick 10 out of 20 prop bets each week and compete against other players on how many you get right. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under. And the more you pick correctly, the more points you score, helping you to place and win money with over $12,000 guaranteed for the Sunday contest every week. And if you use our promo code ADDICTS, that's A-D-D-I-C-T-S, when you sign up for an account, 
you're going to receive an instant match of up to $50 credited to your account with a minimum $20 deposit. Check out Thrive Fantasy today on the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. Always exciting to find more ways to play. Yeah, and we actually get a uh, Thursday night game this week. We weren't deprived of it like uh, last week with COVID issues delaying some games. And the Thursday night game is going to be a recent Super Bowl rematch with New England at the LA Rams. We saw an absolute drubbing with the Patriots dominating the Chargers from start to finish on Sunday, 45 to nothing. But do you trust any of these players really for fantasy against the Rams defense? No, I really don't. The Rams defense is much tougher than what we saw with the Chargers, obviously. Uh, Cam Newton and Damian Harris are the only possible plays for me at this point. Uh, Newton had another game, uh, despite the two rushing touchdowns, under 100 uh, passing yards. So not a guy I'm I'm very interested in playing this week unless in a pinch. And honestly, I'd probably try to avoid Harris if possible, too. Uh, Michelle got significant work in. Now that was probably because of the lead, but you just never know. Yeah, it's really tough to run on the Rams defense. It's tough to throw on them, too. But that's why I actually think we're going to see more James White, maybe some running back screens. It's tough. I mean, you don't feel confident starting him after that awful performance against the Chargers. But I feel like this game script is going to be a lot different where it's possible it's going to be a very close game. And perhaps even with the Patriots trailing in the second half of this one. I think you might be right. Absolutely. Uh, the window's open for James White, but just to start him after he did nothing last week and now we're in the playoffs, just a scary proposition. Yeah, definitely more of a desperation flex if you really don't have any better options. Hopefully, if you've made it to the playoffs, you do. Um, but, you know, on the other side here, we do have some fantasy relevance because Cam Akers seems to be emerging in this Rams backfield. He dominated the workload in that win against Arizona with 21 carries compared to just six combined for Henderson and Brown. And Akers also saw seven carries inside the 10-yard line, so he's getting the fantasy-relevant goal line work here, too. It's still hard to trust him as more than a back-end RB2 or high-end RB3, but Akers is definitely the guy at this point to start over the other two. A little bit surprising, but yeah, that switch, when it happened, it happened quickly. Totally agree with the analysis there. Uh, The Rams are for real, I guess. At least they were this past week with that tough defensive front. The Patriots historically do confound Jared Goff, though, uh, as they did Herbert this week. I would avoid starting Goff if possible, despite I think he's finishing the week as a top five quarterback, at least. I think number three or two sort of depends on tonight, I guess. Um, Woods and Cup, they move around the field. I think they remain matchup neutral, so you should be safe with them regardless. Yep, I I agree with all that. Um, And with this game being in L.A., I am going to lean the Rams here. Yeah, I made the mistake last week, but uh, I am going to take the Rams against the uh, Patriots. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but uh, we're all tied up in our pickles. Good place to be tied. You know, we're heading into playoff week. Uh, It's fun. You know, what's the point in winning, you know, by a landslide every single year? Yeah, it's uh, it's very close. It's down the wire here. Uh, you know, I came away with the the two extra pickums with the Rams, and I think it was uh, the the Patriots on the other side. So both of these yes. teams. Yep, yep. That's exactly what it was. Both <laughs> teams in this game. All right, uh, let's move on then to the Sunday slate, of course, starting with the noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern games. The first one here is going to be the Houston Texans 
at the Chicago Bears, it was scary to see Brandon Cooks down with another potential concussion, but it sounds like he's fine. Uh, declared not a concussion, no symptoms thus far. So keep watching that, but sounds like he's good to go now. And we saw a huge explosion from Kiki QT with Will Fuller suspended. How, do you trust him for the playoffs? I trust him for this week, but I wouldn't say that I trust him for the playoffs. With Cooks back, I uh, expected this week. I do think the Bears will key on him a little bit, but Deshaun Watson is going to make something happen in this offense. So so for this week, he, he filled in well last week, 8 of 9, 141. I think he's going to be just fine here against Chicago. I know I usually talk up the Chicago defense, but... Trubisky, Foles, whoever it's going to be, they're going to put them in some bad positions. Uh, and I think Cooks and Full, uh, Cooks and uh, QT are both in play as upside wide receiver threes. Yeah, I, I like Cooks a little bit more still, even sure. so. Um, and I think QT is still risky play, so it really depends on your options here. But certainly, he could get a lot of those checkdowns that we previously saw Randall Cobb getting. Yep. David Johnson, I think, is going to take over a little more work this week, even though he did dominate the backfield. Just showing he's back in game shape. Uh, game shape. He's a back end running back too versus the the versus the Chicago D line. That that is holding up at least. Yeah, it it is uh, kind of disappointing though with Duke Johnson taking all the passing down work, David Johnson yeah. taking most of the carries. It, it really helps, or excuse me, it really hurts both of their uh, fantasy ceilings here. Um, on the Chicago side, David Montgomery was the top running back in fantasy this past week. Uh, another great matchup for him. We saw Jonathan Taylor have a long touchdown catch. Naeem Hines had a touchdown as well. I think he, you're starting David Montgomery as a strong high-end RB2 option. Yeah, actually, I, that's the uh, what I agree with right there. Um, he's uh, He's trustworthy. Allen Robinson's a back-end one, maybe a, maybe a middling two with upside, whatever you want to call him. You're not benching him. Um, the Bears had a colossal, melt, colossal meltdown in that loss to Detroit, so uh, you can't lean into any other players. I know Darnell Mooney's going to be sitting there, and your, and your uh, app is going to tell him he's projected for 12 points or something. Don't, don't buy it. I think he's fine as a wide receiver four, uh, just very low floor with some upside here. And I don't hate Trubisky as a streamer because we did see the multiple touchdown day for David Montgomery, but one of those easily could have been a passing touchdown from Trubisky. So I, I do think this is still a pretty decent matchup for him, depending on your other options. But all that said, I am going to lean Deshaun Watson, who the Bears could have had. Uh, I was going to bring that up. Do you think that Deshaun Watson... Is uh, you know when uh, when Mahomes played the Bears, he held up you know ten fingers to show you who went at pick ten. Me, who went? Where did Trubisky go? Do you think Watson has that same chip on his shoulder when it comes to Chicago? Uh, was it ever confirmed that that was what Mahomes was doing? I believe he uh, confirmed it himself. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, it's very possible. I know they're tight. They've bantered a little bit on Twitter, so maybe uh, maybe Watson does something similar here. We'll see. Yeah, I, I know I wish I had both of them, but, you know, what can you do? Have to settle for fantasy. That's why I play this game. Yeah, okay, Sarah, Sarah. Yep, taking Houston, of course. All righty, we'll move on here to a pretty ugly matchup, Dallas at Cincinnati. <laughs> um, this is one game that, I mean, I'm going to watch for the fantasy analysis, but I, I really don't want to watch it. It's... It's going to be ugly here. Uh, Andy Dalton, though, I, I do think he's a fine streamer. Cincinnati's secondary is not playing that great. Their run defense is better than their pass defense, so I do think they throw a little bit more here. 
Um, for as for Ezekiel Elliott, I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions on whether you sit or start him against Baltimore uh, this past week. Uh, and, I, and I told people to sit him in a lot of cases. And I think it really depends on your options. So it's a case-by-case basis. He's, what, an RB3, a touchdown-dependent RB3, would you say? I think he's a back-end two here in Cincinnati, to be honest. I think we're forgetting the revenge game narrative for Andy Dalton. He had a uh, career in this league. He had a future in this league, and Cincinnati decided to slam that door on him. I think this will be a big week for Dallas. All right, we'll see. Uh, I don't mind Dalton Schultz as a streamer. Uh, I like Amari Cooper here as a back-end wide receiver, too. And I guess CeeDee Lamb is, what, a boomer bust flex here? Yep, yep, that's where I've got him. All right. On the Bengals side, not a mu- not much to love. Um, we're really not sure yet even who the starting quarterback is going to be. We saw Ryan Philly, excuse me, Ryan Finley come in towards the end of that loss against the Dolphins here. So, you know, but regardless who the quarterback is and just not much upside, I, I do think Giovanni Bernard is a-, a decent flex play here. We know the Cowboys struggle to stop the run, especially with those injuries on the defensive line. We'll see if any of those guys are playing this week. Um, and then well, I guess Tyler Boyd's a back end flex, but it's really hard to trust any of these wide receivers, even against the Cowboys. Well, something to keep an eye on is Tyler Boyd was tossed from the game this past week with his uh, fight with Xavier Howard. We haven't heard anything. If there's going to be further repercussions or uh, anything coming down from the league or from the team themselves, if he misses any time, I think T Higgins becomes practically their, uh, their only safe option and, uh, and a good one at that. So a uh, wide receiver three to maybe back end two, just based on volume alone there. But uh, if he plays, they're just, just both upside flexes. Definitely. Uh, just not a whole lot to love here. And no. really, I think this is going to be an ugly game either way. Um, you know, this is a tough one. I see that you're sure taking is. Dallas here. I and, am. And I, I want to lean the Bengals. And you know what? I'm going to stick with it here. We'll see what happens. All right. Hey, we I got to make a ground somewhere, right? Or put That's you true. directly in the lead. Yeah. All right. Um, next game up here, Kansas city at Miami. Uh, um, I'm not going to dwell on this too much, but just, you know, you guys know the two long touchdowns that could have been for Tyree kill. <laughs> I, I, I was not happy for DFS purposes, but I will say that luckily enough, uh, it did not end up being a loss for me as a result of that in any of my fantasy leagues. Now, like Andy Reid is so good. What is it about him that is just so bad at the timeouts and challenges managerial aspect of the game? He needs to just hire somebody to just tell him, hey, coach, you got to throw the flag there. That's a touchdown. Yeah, I think really it's just contributory negligence here on three parts. First, by Tyreek Hill, just not. I mean, it's hard to blame him because, you know, the guy's all over him. He doesn't know if he caught it or not. But How should he know? He has no idea. Yeah, and two, you know, you would think the Chiefs would have someone up in the box monitoring that. But also three, you know, part of it is on Reed, and I think he's a very good coach. But as you said, I think they punted that ball with like 20 seconds left on the play clock. So yeah. there's really no harm in at least waiting um, but anyway, what's past is past. Nothing we can do is going to change that somewhere in an alternate reality. Tyree <laughs> kill led some teams to the playoffs. Hopefully, uh, that didn't tank your guys's chances or seating or, you know, uh, a chance at a first week by right. Yeah. And hopefully Clyde Edwards Hilaire did not do the same exact thing. 
yeah, um, that one's tough. I, you know, if he's if he's active this week, I do trust him though because you know they were saying he lost some weight because of the the illness, maybe the flu or something. But I do think if he's if he's active again this week, he is going to actually touch the ball. I'm right there with you. Uh, I want him to have a pristine bill of health before trusting him. And if he's not on the field, I'm actually not starting Bell or Williams at all. I would. I'd still lean Bell, but okay. you know, I, I do Miami think CH is back. They are splitting it, and uh, to me, Miami's just a little too tough to to lean into. They're tough, but I think their secondary is better than their run defense. They're still being gashed on the ground quite a bit, so I'm not too worried. But again, I think it's all a moot point because I do believe Edwards Alaire will be back. Yeah, he certainly should. All right, on the Dolphins side here, we talked about Miles Gaskin last week as someone to check your waiver wires for just in case he was dropped. He's a workhorse back again down the stretch here. Should be a solid RB2 for the fantasy playoffs. We saw that Gaskin stepped right back into that workhorse role in his first game back. 21 carries compared to just four combined for Laird and Bowden, including six of those carries coming from inside the 10-yard line. So really, Gaskins is the guy here. And then, of course, we saw that Odell Beckham-like grab from Mike Gusecki. So I do like him as a low-end tight end one option with some upside here against the Chiefs, whose defense seems to really be struggling, kept Denver in that game. Totally agree there. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tua is a good quarterback, but he does keep that uh, the pass catch pass catchers uh, upside very limited. But still, nice to see him developing in the league. All right, uh, hard to bet against the Chiefs. Yep, agreed there, Chiefs. All right, the next game up here: the Arizona Cardinals at the New York Giants. And man, it's a it's a tough tough game for Tyler Murray. We talked last week about potentially benching him for other options. And uh, it seems like that was probably the right call, given some of the streaming options that we talked about versus you know his final point total against the tough Rams defense. The Giants' defense is not a joke. They gave Russell Wilson a lot of trouble. Los, are you considering streaming quarterbacks over Kyler Murray again this week? Well, as you know, I didn't consider it last week, and Kyler Murray turned in 23 points for me. So the answer is no. All right. Um, I think that the Giants are certainly a little bit weaker, but uh, I guess it depends on your scoring, too, because in my leagues, Kyler Murray only scored 16 for me. Um, oh, I, I don't geez. love that. What happened there? I actually thought he did worse in mine than in others because uh, the league that I have him as my quarterback, he uh, loses points for every sack, and he had a number of those this week. Yeah, maybe. So where, where did I get a bonus? Uh, I did get a two-point point bonus for that big bomb. Pardon? Uh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was yeah, six-point passing. For that, for that deep touchdown. Uh, no, it, I had a bonus point for that. Uh, two bonus points for the, I think it was a 40-plus yarder to Hopkins early in the game, right? Oh, it was uh, the first score of the game was Dan Arnold. It was like a 40-yard touchdown. Oh, Dan Arnold, that's right. I remember that play. Two touchdowns to Dan Arnold. Nice day for him. We don't talk about him very much, and we're not going to anymore this year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, some of the streaming options we talked about, you know, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, they both outscored him. Uh, Jared Goff as well. Uh, of course, Baker Mayfield, but we didn't talk about him. But Derek Carr did as well, and we mentioned him as a streamer. Carr was the top quarterback this week. Um, so I think it depends on your options. I mean, it certainly does. What about Philip Rivers against the Raiders this week? No, 
I, I, you're not going to talk me off of Kyler Murray. His, his, his rushing upside just gives me too much. And I understand Kenyon Drake has pretty much taken over the goal line work. I don't care. Okay. Fair He's enough. Ride or die. <laughs> uh, but one thing seems to be certain, and it's that you can't really trust Christian Kirk right now. He seems to be very boomer bust with mostly bust the last couple weeks. Yep. Same with, uh, to me at least, Chase Edmonds. I don't see the upside for him here. Yeah, there's just not enough to go around right now, and we'll see how this offense does against that Giants defense that did upset Seattle. So we'll see what happens yep. there. Um, on the Giants side here, Wayne Gallman, uh, he was fantastic, carried that offense on the ground. But Alfred Morris is worth talking about because he got some goal line touches, and I think he's... Call me crazy. If you're de desperate enough here, depending on, you know, maybe you lost Antonio Gibson today if he's out this coming week and the waiver wire is just barren. I mean, Morris, a touchdown dependent low end flex. I would call you crazy there. I am not okay. touching Alfred Morris. I'm not buying into it. Not a chance. Uh, this this was against the Seattle team where very clearly the Giants were playing to uh, score points, which they did not manage all that many. But anytime you face up against Seattle, you, you, it's like going up against Mahomes. Yeah, I just think, you know, depending on the size of your league, how deep those bench spots are, who's out there. You know, if you're desperate, but uh, yeah, keep, keep your eyes on him. That's that's for sure. If, you, if you're desperate, uh, he's there. But if you're desperate, J.D. McKissick's probably also there, too. Well, we'll get to him in just a little bit, but uh, some good news for the Giants is that there is a chance that Daniel Jones could be back. It sounds like the hamstring injury is surprisingly not as bad as they thought, uh, but that is not guaranteed. If Jones is back, I don't mind Sterling Shepard as a wide receiver three option here. Agreed, but if he's not, it's only Evan Ingram. Yep, and uh, Goldman. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. This one's tough. Uh, I do have some newfound respect, so Giants fans, don't uh, don't yell at me here. I, I do think that they're a better team than perhaps their record reflects, but I'm still going to take Arizona here. Bad teams play well. These are still these are still the uh, top NFL or top football athletes of the world. I do not expect uh, the Giants to look near as good this week as they did last. To be honest, I'm sorry, Giants fans, but I'm I'm not. All right, so you're taking Arizona here too. You got it. All right. Next game up here, Minnesota at Tampa Bay. The Vikings barely beat the Jaguars in overtime, and now they play another Florida team two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're benching Kirk Cousins here, yeah? Yeah. Against Tampa, there's not there's uh, not even a question. Um, how do you feel about Thielen and Jefferson this week? These guys have been so good. I th I'm pretty sure they're both wide receiver ones on the year. I'm not expecting that out of them, but there's no way. You'd have to pull my teeth out before that you pulled them out of their lineup. Yeah, you would have to have some really good options to be benching these guys. Uh, same yeah. with Dalvin Cook. I know it's a tough matchup on the ground, but he's you know he gets enough uh, receiving. Dalvin Cook. That he has a pretty high floor, all things yeah. All things considered. Uh, on the Buccaneers side, we'll see how they look coming out of the bye. And maybe this is just my Brady fandom, but I do think that they'll have fixed some issues coming out of the bye, uh, get fired up on offense and defense. I like all three of the wide receivers. I'd be starting all three of them here against uh, Minnesota secondary where the safeties are doing their best. But, you know, those young outside corners are really struggling here. So I, I like all three of them. 
And I like Ronald Jones a lot too, because we'll see if Bruce Arians actually sticks to his word, but supposedly he said they have to get him 20 touches. So if that happens, I, I like Ronald Jones as a RB two with a lot of upside. I totally agree. Uh, you've, you've got me pegged on each one of them. All righty. Uh, I'm going to go with the bucks here. Yeah. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Next game up, Denver at Carolina. We saw Drew Locke and the Broncos keep it pretty close with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, there. All that being said, uh, still don't love them against the Carolina team here. I, I think we'll see a lot of Melvin Gordon uh, with the Carolina Panthers run defense a little bit more susceptible than their secondary. And then also, you know, we're going to talk about Tim Patrick on the waiver wire section, but he's quietly been very, very reliable outside of that game uh, where they had the the practice squad wide receiver, Kendall Hinton, Hinton starts at quarterback. Patrick has been very, very good, averaging almost 14 PPR points per game and doesn't have any single digit points in PPR formats. So he's a solid wide receiver three here with upside, I think. Totally agree. Totally agree. It's Fant, Gordon, and Patrick. Nothing really to add there. Alrighty. On the other side here, bad news for Carolina. Uh, mixed in with some good news. So which do you want first, Los? Oh, give me the bad. Get it out of the way. Well, the bad news is that both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are on the COVID list. Uh, mm-hmm. So it sounds like they're in danger of missing this game. That said, uh, the good news is that they could get Christian McCaffrey back this week, which would be huge. Uh, And it's huge if you've been a good fantasy GM, you've managed your team well to make it to the fantasy playoffs, even without McCaffrey for most of the year. You're going to be rewarded because your running back one is about to be back. What a boost that would be to get the number one overall draft pick added to your team. While you're in the playoffs, oh, that certainly is a scary proposition. So, hope hope yeah. some of you guys, uh, except you, Mung. I hope you don't have that situation, but I hope uh, I hope some of our lowest. <laughs> well, I will say, I uh, in the in the league where I do have Christian McCaffrey, I have earned a first round buy. So hopefully he's not fair. well rested and uh, good to go for week fifteen here. But. If Moore and Samuel are out, I would think Robbie Anderson is what a borderline wide receiver. One should see close to 20 targets here. Oh yeah, easily. And uh, what about the other Panthers wide receivers? What do you think about them? You mean Moore and Samuel, or you mean the guys uh, that that sit on the bench? With Moore well, I mean, if Moore and Samuel are playing, you're playing them, right? But uh, yeah, if either if either of them play, they're fine. Um, the the other guys in. in down the depth chart, I no, I'm not, I'm not scratching at that. All right, I mean, I think Farrell Cooper and Zilstra are interesting for DFS, but you, you can't trust them in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. If you know, no, no, not not a chance. I mean, I mean, it, if anything, if if they both miss, I just expect Christian McCaffrey to have 25 catches. Yeah, I think it'll be the Anderson and McCaffrey show here. Yeah. Um, assuming these two wide receivers are out for Carolina, I'm going to take Denver here. Assuming McCaffrey is all systems go and one of those two guys are in, I'll take Carolina. All right. What if uh, McCaffrey's in, but both of them are out? (laughs) Well, what if McCaffrey's in and one of yours is out? 
Yeah, we'll see. But all right, we'll see. This could be a potential one where we could make up some ground uh, for one of us. At least we'll see who it is. Uh, but the next everybody plays. That would just make that nice and easy. Would be nice, but uh, we'll see. Uh, again, it's all about the COVID testing protocols, whether they are high risk, close contacts, whether they actually contract to the virus. Because I would think it would be doubtful for either of them to play if uh, if they aren't testing negative by then because i do think it's yeah. 10 days yeah i'll give you a firm carolina regardless okay all right you're welcome <laughs> the next game up here should be interesting as well and another afc south showdown this week tennessee at jacksonville and i don't think we're, we've talked enough about Corey davis this year because he's not on our waiver list he's over 50 percent rostered but barely so uh davis is somehow only rostered in 54 percent of espn leagues and just 71% of Yahoo leagues. He's the wide receiver 24 on the season in PPR, uh, just behind AJ Brown, who's at wide receiver 22. He's had some huge games, including this past week. And with Johnu Smith still dealing with that knee injury, we could see a lot more Corey Davis again this week against the Jaguars secondary that's really struggling. Well, the fact of the matter is, people have been burned by him time and then again and then again and then again and now he's finally starting to pay dividends um he had a rocky uh, situation coming into the league with marcus mariota transitioning into ryan Tannehill. uh he's a very talented wide receiver there's no question about that it's just been opportunity and getting the looks and getting his head right i think a little bit uh, with, with all the changes to the offense um, new head coaching staff He's looked great. Uh, this past week, he was the wide receiver one overall, uh, pending tonight's finishing. Uh, Cole Beasley's looking pretty darn good tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, he needs to be rostered. He needs to be started here against Jacksonville especially. Yeah, and even if you don't need wide receiver help, you should be adding him. He should be 100% rostered so your opponent yeah. doesn't get him. You know, Jacksonville yep. this week. Next, next week, Detroit, which is a very easy matchup again. Oh, my gosh. And then week 16 against Green Bay, who's been good against the pass, but you would expect Jair Alexander to shadow A.J. Brown, which frees up, guess who, Corey Davis. Yeah, that's right. This is like uh, David Montgomery for as a wide receiver. Uh, nice, uh, nice schedule to finish the season. Burned people before, you know, especially dynasty players. Not, uh, not looking well upon them, but, uh, but this is their time to shine. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the comparison I was actually going to make was Brashad Perriman, who's burned a lot of people in the past. And then last year during the fantasy playoffs really came on and was a league winner. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a, a great point. Um, he was on my uh, league winning team last year with a start in the in the championship. And I expect Corey Davis to be starting on my team as I win the championship this year, Monk. All right. Well, good luck to you, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But let's move Those on fire to shots <laughs> connected. Well, I will say that I hope Patrick Mahomes has uh, a couple big games in weeks 15 and 16 with a, a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, the Tyree kill three and, touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> I would be. Uh, I would, Sammy Watkins I would be, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Yeah, I would be tilting very hard if that were to happen. You can ex expect to receive some angry voicemails from me. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about the Jacksonville side here, although there's really not much to talk about, and you're starting James Robinson, of course. And then, yeah. I mean, I don't trust Colin Johnson, but depending on your this, options, yeah. he's a boomer bust wide receiver four. 
Well, he came through as the top scoring wide receiver, but it was just 60 yards. I'm not leaning that way. I would only play Chark as a Jacksonville uh, out of the Jacksonville wide receivers. He did lead the team with seven targets. He did, uh, you know, the, the quarterback did try to lean his way, Mike Lennon. He just couldn't make the connection. So that is actually where I would lean. Yeah, we'll see. But, you know, I mean, Tennessee uh, has a terrible defense. This is a prime setup for, for uh, DJ Chark to run two deep touchdowns in. I would think so. Hopefully we'll see, but I do think Johnson's worth a shot depending on your other options here. Yep. I think it is worth mentioning. Um, Ferkser had the seven targets. If Smith is going to miss this week, I, I, I like Ferkser a heck of a lot more than uh, Jeff Swain doing anything on the football field and tight end is just such a wasteland. I, I do think Ferkser has a shot here. Yeah. So you think those, uh, those two touchdowns for Pruitt were very fluky. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the one was a, a fumble that he scooped up in the end yeah. zone. So Right. Nice play. Yeah. Very heads-up play. Should earn him, you know, another uh, play or two to run block. But uh, that was that was spiteful. That was just yeah. mean. <laughs> I do think Ferkser's the guy here if you're starting a tight end. But I think this just could be a very big bounce-back game for Derrick Henry. Oh, absolutely. This, uh, this is a prime matchup for him. Look for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, don't uh, don't get crazy here. You're not even considering benching him even after a, a poor game against no. the Browns. Uh, I'm going to take mean, Tennessee. I, that's the only that's the only bad game I can think of for, for him for this season. Yeah, yeah, and I don't expect uh, another one in the next week or two. Nope, certainly not. I will take Tennessee as well. All right, next game up here, we're going to kick off the afternoon slate: uh, Indianapolis Colts at Las Vegas Raiders. Like I said, uh, I like Philip Rivers a lot as a streaming option this week. Uh, he's actually been quietly very, very good since their bye. Uh, you know, outside of that tough game against the Baltimore defense, Rivers has averaged almost 20 fantasy points per game, and he's going to get a Raider secondary that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They just almost lost to the Jets. Yeah, you're you're not wrong about that. Uh... T.Y. Hilton's come back. What can I say? Uh, you know, we uh, we uh, sent him off on his way. I think he's uh, I think he's in play here as a as a wide receiver too against the Raiders. I would not go that Maybe far. Maybe not that high, but uh, he's certainly in play. I think he's still a risky flex. I, I like him here okay. for the matchup, but again, it depends on your options because he had 11 targets against Houston, but before that, even with a good game, uh, just five targets. So hard to trust. That, it, it is hard to trust, and that's only, uh, you know, I guess it, it was overstating to say a wide receiver two, but wide receiver two upside. Uh, as for running back one upside, I we had another nice day for Jonathan Taylor. I think that uh, this this is going to be the start of what we all invested in early in the season. He has top 10 running back upside here. And if uh, if Indianapolis can get rolling early, which I think they will, I don't see the need for Naeem Hines here this week. And I definitely don't see the need for Jordan Wilkins, which is probably going to show us like a 70-yard three-touchdown day for Wilkins or something, right? Yeah, the Raiders just gave up 104 yards on a touchdown to Ty Johnson on the Jets. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, fire up Taylor. I, I do like him a lot as well. On the Raiders' side, it, yeah, I don't know. Is there much to like other than Darren Waller? No, actually not at all this week. Uh, Devontae Booker uh, turned back into a pumpkin. Um, he's a good change of pace back. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think he has plenty of value in the NFL. But as a starting guy um, with on that Raiders offense, it's it's just not going to get the job done. So 
hopefully Josh Jacobs is back, but uh, he's going to be limited by Indianapolis if he, even if he is. Yeah, really split the touches. Uh, neither he nor Jalen Richard saw more than 45% of the snaps yeah. uh, on Sunday. And then if I had to pick a Raiders wide receiver, I would actually go with Hunter Renfro here. If the Colts get up ahead, we see that Renfro is the guy who gets that garbage time PPR. So I think, you know, that's kind of the way I'm leaning. I think you've got a point there. All right. So I'm going to take the Colts. I will take the Colts too. All right. Next game up the New York jets at the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, if Frank Gore's out and you know, if Michael P Ryan's still out, is Ty Johnson worth starting? This defense has stepped up. Uh, I'm just going to defer to not touching jets. How does that sound? Yeah, I mean, probably not, but, you know, he's, what, a volume-based RB3 with some upside? We just saw the Giants running backs run for almost 200 yards against Seattle. Yeah, I just really hope that Frank Gore makes it back quickly so that this decision is already made for us. But, yeah, it's ugly. It's disgusting. But Ty Johnson has some pass game chops. He, he might have an opportunity to make something happen here. It's the truth. Yeah, I mean, we saw him be, you know, very fantasy relevant down the stretch around this time last year in Detroit, and he came through. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Crazy things happen late in the fantasy season, so this might be another one of them. Yeah, it's all about uh, risk reward, right? Do you, you know, do you go for it or do you go with a safe option that might not actually be that safe? We'll see. Um, Denzel Mims, Rashad Perriman, they're both wide receiver fours, boomer bust. Again, you'd have to be pretty desperate to be starting these guys. Yeah, I think I buried Jamison Crowder a tad too early. I'm sorry, Jamison. You usually my boy came out strong with two touchdowns after he heard me bad mouthing him. Uh, gee, it's it's tough to call this team. It really is, especially with them. Or I don't know. You want to call it tanking, losing a bunch of games. Who knows what the future holds? Who knows what tomorrow holds? Yeah. All that being said, uh, on the Seahawks side, love everybody. Start them. I certainly do too. Yeah, I mean, we know they struggle against the Giants, but the Jets' defense is far worse, and Seattle's going to want to, you know, Pete Carroll's going to want to run up the score in this one. Yeah, he's going to prove a point here, and I'm going to take Seattle. Yeah, this is what we call a uh, get-right game. That's right. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks as well here. The next game up, uh, NFC North showdown Green Bay at Detroit starting Rodgers, you're starting Jones, you're starting Adams, and I think you're starting Lazard. Yeah, I am here too. Uh, Tanyan is risky too, or Tanyan is risky, but a very plausible play as well. All right, not, not a whole lot to say there. Um, well, real quick, do you want to touch on Jamal Williams? Is he uh, you know, running back forth upside, depending on if this turns into a blowout like it did against Chicago? Yeah, I, I don't like to throw my dice into the backup running back in that sort of split field there. I know I know he gets more touches than your typical backup, but he just doesn't excite me in any way, shape, or form. As for Tunyon, uh, Detroit is pretty good against the tight ends, but we did see Cole Komet score a touchdown against them this past week. So, again, depends on your other options. Yeah, I, I don't think that matters when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. 
All right. On the line side here, we'll see if DeAndre Swift is able to come back. He did clear concussion protocol last week, but it sounds like kind of like Clyde Edwards Lair. He came down with an illness and he just wasn't able to go. Uh, hopefully he'll be good this week. Uh, if so, uh, you're definitely starting him against that Packers run defense. If not, you know, Adrian Peterson, again, getting that goal line work, a touchdown dependent flex here, depending on your other options at running back. There's certainly a chance there. Uh, have we heard anything about Galladay being back yet? It sounds like they sort of confirmed that he suffered a setback a couple weeks ago, but we still don't know the timeline on that. I, You know, he's worth a hold, but again, it depends on your options, right? If you need to win this week, then, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you're holding on to Galladay and he explodes in week 16, but you're out of it. Yeah. Despite what we expect for the game flow here, I would lean away from Marvin Jones here. He's going to see a lot of targets, but Green Bay is is pretty good against wide receivers. Well, I will say he's going to see a lot of Jair Alexander if Kenny Galladay is out. Yep, exactly. All right, the Packers are trying to catch up and overtake the Saints here on the NFC, so they're going to be playing hard. I'm going to take the Packers. Give me the Packers. All right. Speaking of the Saints, they're the next game up. The Saints at the Eagles. Some good news for New Orleans fans is that Drew Brees could potentially return to practice this week. Uh, could play against Philadelphia here, but it sounds like the more likely scenario is probably going to be a, a crucial Week 15 matchup against Kansas City, or maybe Week 16, depending on how his ribs are feeling. Certainly, if Brees is back, that would be a big boost to Kamara, who's barely being targeted as a receiver with Taysom Hill here. Um, although he did have some nice runs against Atlanta, scored a touchdown as well. Yeah, Hill remains a quarterback one with a very, very high rushing floor. He's been, I think, a top five quarterback each of the past three weeks. Is that I? I you, somebody will have to check me, but it, but if that's not the case, it's very, very close. Uh, Latavius Murray's a non-factor here. I'd avoid him. I think they uh, don't start Drew Brees here. They're going to need him healthy. I think they can win this game without him. I think they know they can win this game without him. Uh, they, they want those lungs ready to go because they definitely want to try and win out here. They do not want to have to go to Green Bay in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Imagine Drew Brees with a blizzard in Green Bay. That is not ideal for Saints fans. It's certainly not, and it really is a thing that does matter for Drew Brees more than uh, more than many quarterbacks. Yep, certainly agree with there. On the Eagles side here, I, I think we're going to see Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, he actually did something against the Packers. Uh, Wentz really just struggled to get anything going, but I don't think he can start anyone with confidence against this tough Saints defense. Probably Dallas Goddard is the best play here, high-end tight end too. Hurts if you're desperate, depending on your other tight end options. But, you know, Miles Sanders barely playing more than half the snaps, uh, especially with the offense not really scoring, not being efficient. Just the, what, low-end flex? That's the story. That That's exactly what what, what I was going to bring up. Miles Sanders not looking good. This team not looking good with the change in quarterback. Might get things moving a little better, but you're right. He's not getting the majority of the work that he needs to in order to uh, return that uh, that value that you drafted him at. I would try and avoid him here. I, I'd play Zeke over Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm playing Ty Johnson over Miles Sanders if Frank Gore's out. I'd have to look at it, but... Uh, Wow, I'd really have to look at that one closely. And, you know, another one that's interesting, I think I'm playing Giovanni Bernard against the Cowboys defense that's gave, that yeah, gave up three I would, touchdowns I to Gibson. I would do that. Yep, I would do that. 
I mean, you're getting into some dicey territory here with Sanders. If you made it to the yeah. fantasy playoffs, it was in spite of him, not because of him. Exactly. In fact, I'd be pretty surprised if you're if you're alive in the playoffs right now, you probably have a better option regardless. Uh, certainly uh, for your guys' sakes out there, I hope so. Um, yeah. I mean, really, we just don't know how this offense is going to look, assuming that they do give Hertz the green light here. But, you know, it's not a good week to test it out against one, a tough Saints defense and two in a you know single elimination week 14 of the playoffs. Certainly not, and I will take the Saints. I will here as well. Atlanta at the L.A. Chargers here is the next game. This one's going to be tough because both of them have choked away so many games. I really don't know what's (laughs) going to happen here. Uh, What I do know is I'm starting Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I, I I personally love that the two of these teams are playing each other this late this season. It's wow. Just these franchises just just give it all away. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, uh, Gurley, Julio, Ridley. And if uh, if Julio's healthy, which he looked pretty good this week, I, I would probably throw Austin Hooper's hat in the hat in the mixes or I'm sorry, Hayden Hurst's hat in the mix. Yeah, you know, he didn't do much against the Saints this past week, but he's always struggled against the Saints. And also he was playing through an ankle injury. So if he's healthier, you know, it depends on your other options. Right. All right. On the Chargers side here, man, that was embarrassing against the Patriots. Uh, Supposedly, Justin Herbert wanted to stay in that game uh, to even risking injury because, you know, his teammates were out there. You know, I guess good for him. That's the right thing to say. But really good leadership. Really, they should have pulled their potential franchise quarterback. Absolutely no reason to, uh, you know, allow something to happen to him a la Joe Burrow, if, you know, heaven forbid. But luckily, he survived, and he gets to face an Atlanta secondary. I know he was awful against the Patriots, but I'm starting him here. Yeah, I don't know if I agree that he should have been pulled, to be honest, but that's a whole nother. This is a fantasy podcast. That's that's totally different. Um, yeah, Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Henry, throw them all in. All right, uh, I think that about sums it I up. I didn't say my. I guess I didn't say Williams, but you you probably throw Williams in there too. Uh, it depends, right? Because he's boomer bust. So I think you know if you're an underdog and you need like a big game from somebody to win, right. then you throw Williams in. If if you're favored by like twenty points and you just need like a floor of like eight to ten points, then maybe somebody else. Yeah, uh, agree. And Henry, I'm not excited to play him, but. I'm not excited to play about 25 of the tight ends out there. Yeah, really. I mean, tight ends, it's hard to talk about this early in the week and, you know, without knowing what your guys' options are. If you guys have tight end questions, the best way is to reach out to us on Twitter and, you know, give us the options that you're looking at. Yep. All right. All that said, I don't like either team. Uh, Like I said, both choke artists, but, you know, the tiebreaker here is the home team. So I'm going to go with L.A. I think the tiebreaker is actually Austin Eckler, and I'm going to take L.A. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think both have very talented skill position players, so it's just tough. Yeah. I mean, this could be a yeah. messy game, and it wouldn't shock me if we think one team's winning with, like, 30 seconds left, and then all of a sudden they don't. Yeah, Joey Bosa, uh, strip sack, fumble, touchdown. That's That's what's going to happen. Sure, I could see that for sure. All right, uh, Washington at San Francisco is going to be the next one here. And, of course, we saw that stunning upset over the Steelers. Just 
Wow. I mean, that's, that's really great. We'll see. Of course, uh, the big concern here is Antonio Gibson. Uh, the toe injury, he was immediately declared doubtful to return in the first quarter. I don't want to read too much into it. I'm not a medical expert. We don't have definitive news yet. Uh, maybe by the time you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, you will. But the early speculation is, you know, some kind of turf toe related injury, something along those lines. If that's the case, I mean, that he's done for the year, at least the fantasy relevant year. Yep. Totally agree. Um, we, we've seen it time and again. They are not going to play games with turf toe. That's what ended LaDainian Tomlinson's career. So we are not going to mess with that um, for a rookie uh, potential star of the league. Uh, certainly not this week against San Francisco. Probably not the next two weeks either. Um, good thing is you probably have J.D. McKissick if you've been listening to us. Hopefully, uh, if, if the listeners have actually been following our advice, they will have McKissick is because we went out of our way to talk about him last week as, you know, someone who might get dropped after that dud on Thanksgiving. And hopefully you held him. And if not, I'd be spending a lot on him this coming week. But Peyton Barber, I mean, he got the goal line touchdown against the Steelers. Don't see a whole lot of scoring opportunity against the tough Niners defense, but Again, if you're desperate, he's in that touchdown-dependent RB4 range where you're really gambling on a score. Yeah, that's entirely the point. He's going to have to fall into the end zone, um, but he's not going to be moving the, the ball between the sticks from the uh, between the 20s or between the uh, 10s, probably at the very least. Um, San Francisco's going to be able to score a couple points here. Washington's going to fall behind. We're going to see J.D. McKissick. McLaurin's going to be heavily targeted, just as he was uh, this week, but Pittsburgh's pass defense is very tough. I expect him to break a few uh, nice catches here against San Francisco. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to fall behind. I could just see this being a very low-scoring game on both sides, maybe like a, you know, like a 13-10 at halftime, something along those okay. lines. Um, so I could still see Barber involved in, excuse me, involved enough here. And Logan Thomas, of course, massive game against the Steelers, a tough, uh, tough matchup for tight ends against San Francisco. But, you know, de again, depending on your options, Logan Thomas seems like a good one right now. Yeah. Right now he's, uh, he's playing as good as, uh, any back end tight ends. That's for sure. Yep. And on the 49ers side here, uh, we're seeing them down right now in the third quarter against the bills. Of course, a, a nice touchdown for Brandon Ayuk here, um, but uh, not a whole lot else. Yeah, this offense uh, is not managing much against the Buffalo Bills. Um, they'll probably be a little bit better. I, I don't know. It's uh, th this this team really does spread the ball around quite a bit. Uh, admittedly, I've not been. Oh, another touchdown for the Bills right there. I've not been watching it as closely as I ought. What I was mostly curious in to see was the uh, difference between Ayuk and, and Samuel, and if they are going to be able to figure out how to use the both of them on the field together. You know, so far it doesn't seem so yet. I mean, I know early early in the year I talked about when both are healthy, you know, both are going to be touchdown dependent wide receiver threes. And so far, yeah. two targets for Samuel, five for Ayuk. Like, that could easily get flipped around. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And an even split for uh, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert as well. Yeah, now what you want to see is uh, fantasy gems. So just uh, don't tough. let anybody it's here. looking like uh, reminds me of the Patriots, you know. Yeah, it's tough because, again, kind of like other teams that have split their backfields, Mostert seems to get more receiving work, but Wilson's getting that goal line work. So, it, you know, it all comes down to who gets that touchdown. 
Certainly does. All right. Uh, enough of that ambiguity. I'm going to take San Francisco here. I will too, but I don't think this is an easy call. I do think that yeah. Washington, you know, their defense took down the Steelers, but I will say, you know, the Steelers were missing their top two cornerbacks for a lot of the game. Uh, they lost Bud Dupree last week, but the Niners are at full strength here on defense. So I, I do lean them as well. Strip sack, fumble, touchdown, Nick Bosa. All right. Yeah. You're very high on the Bosa brothers this week. And for <laughs> good reason. Be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, for the year really, but um, right. All right. That brings us to Sunday night football. Again, uh, two teams who played earlier today or right now, for one of them, but Pittsburgh at Buffalo. We'll see if James Conner's back because right. not a whole lot for Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland. It's going to be tough to see either of them being safe starts here. Right now, Deontay Johnson, man, a lot of drops for all the Steelers, but, you know, 12 targets for Johnson, 10 for Juju Smith-Schuster. So they're the safer starts here. Of course, Chase Claypool could score on any given touch. So he's still, a, you know, boom or bust flex option, but a little bit tougher here against Buffalo. I hope Connor's back here. I, I really want to see how this Pittsburgh team can operate on with uh, with all their players on the field. But I guess we may have to wait for the playoffs. We certainly may. And, uh, you know, they did get Matt Milano back, their linebacker. So that run defense is a lot better than it was earlier in the year, too. On the Buffalo side here, uh, you know, we just talked about those defensive injuries that really helped Washington take down Pittsburgh. Uh, Bud Dupree, uh, Steven Nelson hurt his knee against Baltimore two weeks ago. He was out today. Joe Hayden suffered a concussion earlier today. So, you know, with that short week, with them playing today, uh, just five days until their next game, it's unlikely that Hayden's going to be able to clear that protocol. So this could actually turn into a really nice matchup for Diggs, Beasley, uh, and all the Buffalo players here. The offense certainly does operate a little bit better with John Brown on the field, but the loss of uh, Joe Hayden is going to be huge if that's there. Um, I'm I'm not uh, shying away from Josh Allen. He keeps his solid uh, rushing floor, even though he's not really used it much this evening. Um, Colt Eastlake's looked good. What can I say? And uh, he's um, he he's always a, he's always got a chance to uh, bust up with something open, despite being uh, mostly underneath. Certainly not thought of as a superstar, but he's had some superstar weeks. At least three of them this year. Yeah, and again, for listeners, you know, we talked about Beasley right after that John Brown injury, uh, recommended stashing him if possible, even through Buffalo's bye week. So we'll see. Uh, All things being said here, I am going to go with Buffalo, especially at home. Yeah, I think this has game of the week potential. This one is really tough to call, in my opinion. Um, I think it's going to be pretty close, but I am going to take Buffalo. All right, so that brings us to our Monday night football game, Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. A really big game. I think this could be the game of the week because... Yeah, that's a, you're right. Uh, I mean, right now, it sure seems like Jeez. Cleveland's the more legit playoff team, doesn't it? Well, we just don't know what's going on with Baltimore. Are, are we going to see uh, Jack Shutak, or are we going to see... Uh, 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 my goodness, he's been gone so long I can't think of his name. Uh, Lamar Jackson Lamar is going to be active against Dallas tomorrow, uh, according to reports. So hopefully he should be good for this game. Uh, you know, we saw Ryan Tannehill have a nice day against Cleveland. So certainly you're starting Jackson. 
we'll see what the running back split looks like between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards tomorrow or today. By the time you're listening, you may know more than we do at this point. But then, you know, if Mark Ingram's back, that still makes them risky because we saw Dobbins start to get a few more touches down the stretch here, but it's tough. I mean, they just seem committed to this committee backfield. Yeah, I can't start any of the backs. I can't start any of the right receivers. I'm certainly not touching Marquise Brown. I don't know if Mark Andrews is going to play football again in the next couple weeks. Um, certainly scary for him to uh, have uh, gotten so near or positive with the with the coronavirus. Uh, gosh, more questions than answers with this team right now. Yeah, I again, Marquise Brown depends on your other options. Uh, that's that's something you'll have to tweet at us because the upside's there. We saw it with Trace McSorley of all people, but. Uh, you know, will we actually see that with Lamar Jackson? We'll find out maybe tomorrow night against the Cowboys. So stay tuned uh, right after these commercials. All right. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, on the Cleveland side, just, I mean, you know, the Giants and Washington taking out Pittsburgh were two big upsets. But let's talk about Cleveland taking out the Tennessee Titans, yeah. limiting yeah. Derrick Henry, making him look like a little puppy toy. Just, uh, <laughs> I mean, Man, that's the Browns are nine and three. Yeah. All right, you've convinced me. It's there. It, there was no way I was going to uh, be picking the uh, the Cleveland Browns over over the Ravens, but you absolutely have me convinced. Um, and you know what? I attribute it all to my boy Nick Chubb, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you know. Baltimore's defense still playing through a lot of injuries. Uh, certainly not the fearsome run defense that we expected them to be preseason. It's yeah. man. I mean, and then Baker Mayfield, I would probably still shy away from Tennessee's defense yeah. is really, uh, really falling apart here, but Baltimore's oh, yeah. strength is their secondary. So I expect to see a lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt here. Yeah, I, I really think it's still, boy, despite the big output, I, I still think it really only boils down to Chubb and Landry and maybe Hunt. Um, may, maybe you have a little more faith in him than I do. His his receiving numbers are not what they need to be. His rushing uh, uh, averages are not what they need to be in order to you know qualify him as a running back, too. So to me, he's just a flex. Uh, Landry is a wide receiver three. He is, he is seeing that, that value. Um, he, he doesn't quite get the deep balls, but, but he, uh, he's certainly in this offense. Yeah. I think Hunt's just a flex, but you know, I'm starting him over guys like Miles Sanders and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a rough looking playoff schedule right now, depending on what your roster looks like. Uh, I think there's going to be some, strange looking rosters that win fantasy titles this year it's you know. yes yeah, send us your strangest winning rosters and strangest losing rosters we don't care we uh we just want to see what uh what sort of things uh, are out there yeah it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a very very exciting monday night football game next week when we're recording this podcast expect some uh i don't know some exclamations some gasps maybe we'll see yeah Probably, but, uh, as you alluded to, low side. Man, I I think I'm taking the Browns here. It hurts me to my core, but I'm gonna take the Browns at home. I know, uh, I know. One of my buddies, shout out to Roger here, uh, super excited about his Browns. So I'm happy for him, and uh, you know, we'll be. I guess we'll be rooting with you next Monday. Yeah, good for Roger. 
All right. Uh, you want to go through some injury news here? Uh, first with the COVID will. lists. Yeah, on the COVID list, as for uh, quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, who was expected to be active this Tuesday versus Dallas, which is tomorrow. So he should be just fine in this coming week. And then the two running backs are James Conner and Mark Ingram. Similar stories there. Uh, hopefully both will be back by game time next week. And, uh, of course, we talked about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel a little bit. Uh, right now, it sounds like both of them are likely to miss the game. That could still change. But, you know, based on the COVID protocols, they have to test negative two days in a row um, or, you know, ha uh, test negative 10 days after the initial positive. So it doesn't sound like, well, again, actually, you know what? We really don't know because we got this report, but they were on by. So we don't know when exactly these tests right. came back, but I would assume today or yesterday because they don't test them during the buy. Um, so again, it's doubtful, but there is a chance that these guys can play. And then of course we talked about Mark Andrews as well. And hopefully he and Connor are doing okay. The concern is more about their health than the fantasy relevance with both of them with pre-existing conditions, of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, just with, with these uh, platforms uh, processing waivers on Thursday with Baltimore and Dallas playing tomorrow or Tuesday when you're listening to this, uh, just keep that in mind that they are processing a day late. So you have that extra day to get these bids in. But uh, let's go through the injuries. Lux, you want to take the quarterbacks here? Yeah, let's start off at the, uh, the ball chucker. Uh, Philip Rivers, toe injury, probable here. It was reported that Rivers is playing through torn a uh, torn planter plate in his foot and is going to need surgery after the season. But so far, it has not really shown to affect his ability to play. He's not very mobile, so it should not make that big of a difference as long as the pain is controlled. Just stay on top of the situation. He should be fine to go this week. Drew Brees with his fractured ribs and collapsed lung. He's on the IR. He is eligible to return this week, but we'll see if he gets any practices in. New Orleans could choose to be cautious with him in a very winnable game versus Philly this week and get Breeze back to 100% for his Week 15 showdown versus Kansas City. Daniel Jones questionable with his hamstring strain. It sounds like the Giants are optimistic that he could return this week to help the team stay atop the NFC East. Keep an eye on his practice reports in the coming days. And Jimmy Garoppolo on the injured reserve with the high ankle sprain. He is eligible to return, so we'll see if he can get any practices in, but it sounds like San Fran is hoping for more of a week 15 or 16 return. Hopefully you're not relying on Garoppolo in the fantasy playoffs anyways in one quarterback leagues, but it could mean a boost for other uh, super flex skill position players in fantasy if he is back. At running back, we've got Antonio Gibson with that new toe injury. Again, it just happened today for us, so you know we don't know much yet. But he was declared doubtful to return immediately, so it does not sound good. If it is turf toe, then his season could be over. This is something to monitor very closely over the next couple of days, but you know we'll see. DeAndre Swift with that illness, he's questionable. He cleared the concussion protocol last week, but then came down with an illness. So it's likely not COVID based off the reports or else he'd be on that COVID list. But barring any lingering effects here, Swift should be able to return this week, but monitor his practice status just in case. Josh Jacobs with the ankle sprain, he's questionable. Some reports are saying that it could have been a minor high ankle sprain that Jacobs suffered against the Falcons, in which case we could we could see him out for multiple weeks still. So this is a situation to continue monitoring as well as we get more details on his practices this week. 
Joe Mixon with the foot injury, he's on IR. The earliest that Mixon could return uh, is this week against Dallas. But, you know, we'll see if they actually choose to activate him. Given the Bengals' record here, there's really no reason for them to risk their franchise running back returning in a lost season. So depending on your roster needs, Mixon is not a must-hold. Christian McCaffrey with the shoulder sprain. He is probable. He began practicing last week. And now with Carolina having been on bye this past week and that extra time to rest, fantasy GMs who've made it to the playoffs without their elite RB1 should be happy and expect him back barring any unexpected setbacks here. Frank Gore with a concussion. He's questionable. Of course, every player advances through the concussion protocol at his own pace. So we'll see if Gore is able to suit up. If not, Ty Johnson could see another week as the starter here. Monitor Gore's practice status this week. Well, Michael P. Ryan with a high ankle sprain. He's on IR. The earliest that he could return is next week against the Rams. So monitor the practice reports. But if Gore were to miss time, uh, then you know he would not impact Ty Johnson this week. Alexander Madison uh, had that appendectomy, is still recovering. He is doubtful. Of course, no one's starting Madison, but it sounds like he's still a week away from returning. It is worth noting for deeper leagues, if you've been trying to uh, handcuff Dalvin Cook, that currently for the next week or two, it might not be Madison, but he could return in week 15 or 16 here. Devontae Freeman with a hamstring injury. He's on IR and eligible to return, but we still haven't really seen much from him monitor any changes to his status this week. And finally, Rashad Penny recovering from that ACL last December, still on the pup list. Uh, it sounds like he is expected to start practicing this week per Pete Carroll. But, uh, you know, that's still a big question mark here, whether he actually does return this year. Seattle, of course, could activate him for depth at the running back position with both Carson and Hyde banged up a little bit, playing through injuries. So something to monitor with Penny, especially in deeper leagues. As for wide receivers, LaVisca Chenault has a thumb injury and is questionable. He had he caught this thumb injury after catching a touchdown early versus Minnesota. We don't have any details yet, so we'll keep an eye on those in the week. T. Higgins with the hamstring strain. He is questionable. He saw a lot of targets after Tyler Boyd was ejected in the first half. But this Bengals offense remains on life support with Finley or Allen under center. Higgins would be a desperation flex even if he plays this week, so he's not a must-hold depending on your other options for the playoffs. D.J. Moore with the ankle injury. He's questionable. He landed awkwardly when going up for the pass in the end zone. As of right now, it looks like an ankle sprain with x-rays coming back negative. We'll see if he practices by Wednesday or Thursday with Carolina coming off their bye. Kenny Galladay with the hip injury, questionable. He supposedly suffered a setback a couple weeks ago, but did travel to Chicago this past weekend, which suggests he could be again close to returning. Stay tuned on his status. John Brown with the high ankle sprain on the IR. The earliest he could return is week 15 versus Denver, but there's no guarantee that he'll be ready by then with the high ankle sprains generally requiring four to six weeks of recovery time. Brown does not need to be held in shallower formats, depending on wide receiver availability. Randall Cobb on the IR with a foot injury. The earliest he could return is week 15 versus Indianapolis. He could be worth a stash in deep leagues with fuller suspended rest of season. Preston Williams on IR, on IR with a foot sprain. He's eligible to return. We've yet to hear any updates on him, though. As of now, it does not sound like he's close to returning. He does not need to be held in most formats, given his production was inconsistent, even when healthy earlier in the year. And Julian Edelman on the IR with the knee surgery. He's yet to be designated to return to practice, so it sounds like he's still a ways off from coming back. He's also now on the COVID list and does not to be, need to be held in shallower formats at all. And at tight end, we've got Johnu Smith with that knee injury. Don't know exactly what it is, but he's questionable. 
it is bad news though that Tennessee declared Smith out fairly early last week on Friday, which usually portends a longer absence, but we'll see. The silver lining, of course, is that we do now know that he saw no targets against the Colts two weeks ago due to injury, not as a result of game plan or performance. So unless you have Kelsey Waller, Hawkinson, Andrews, Smith is probably still worth holding given the barren landscape at tight end here. Irv Smith Jr. with a back injury, he's questionable. Smith remains sidelined by this back injury, and we've seen tight ends miss time before with such injuries uh, like Tyler Eifert in the past. So monitor his practice status this week. And then finally, George Kittle with that foot fracture. He's on IR. The initial estimate for his return was eight weeks, although Kittle stated that he could be ready to go in six. That said, it's still up to the San Francisco medical staff, not Kittle, and there's little reason for them to risk their franchise tight end unless he's truly ready. There's a small chance that Kittle could return to limited snaps in week 15 or 16. So the situation is worth staying on top of, especially, you know, if you have an absolute stacked roster, then yeah, go ahead and add Kittle. If you don't need any help for the fantasy playoffs, take that upside shot. But otherwise, it still sounds doubtful that he'll be back in time. Yeah, I fully expect the uh, the Niners to be extra safe with him after they rolled out the Brinks truck for the uh, to the tune of seventy five million for him. So I, I I don't see him coming back before he's a hundred percent ready. Yeah, that's that's my feeling as well. Yep. All right. When we have injuries, we need replacements. And on the waiver wire to start with the quarterbacks, we've got Taysom Hill, 71% rostered in ESPN, 61 in Yahoo. We've continually recommended Hill since Breeze's injury, and he's coming through with a rushing floor and ceiling. This past week versus Atlanta, we, we finally saw passing production along with his points on the ground. If Breeze remains out, Hill is again a top streamer at quarterback versus a Philadelphia defense that allowed nine for 108 and one rushing uh, touchdown to Lamar Jackson this year, as well as four for 92 and nine for 64 and a touchdown to Daniel Jones in their games versus the Giants. Hill is rostered in most leagues, but is still available in quite a few. Philip Rivers, 17% rostered in ESPN, 40% Yahoo. Rivers has gotten into a groove since the Colts buy and is playing well. Outside of the tough Baltimore game, Rivers has now averaged 19.4 fantasy points per game in the five games since their buy. He'll face a Raiders secondary that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks this year and just gave up 28 points to the Jets in near loss. Mike Glennon, 2% rostered in ESPN, 3% in Yahoo. It is certainly not a sexy start, but Glennon has played fairly well over the last two weeks since taking over as a starter in Jacksonville. He'll face a Tennessee secondary that's top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks this week. And they just gave up 300 passing yards and four touchdowns to Baker Mayfield. And finally, whew, Mitchell Trubisky, 21% rostered in ESPN. 13% Yahoo. If you're desperate, Trubisky has been serviceable in fantasy over the past two weeks since reclaiming the starting job in Chicago. The four turnovers he has in these last two games give him a dangerously low floor, but he has upside versus a Houston secondary that's given up the 11th most fantasy points to the opposing quarterbacks this season. And at running back, we've got, of course, J.D. McKissick, 61% roster in ESPN, 48% in Yahoo. Expect those numbers to shoot up. And Peyton Barber, 1% in both formats. We recommended adding or holding McKissick last week, as his low usage was likely due to a game script in the blowout win against Dallas. Of course, we didn't know that Gibson would get hurt, but clearly McKissick could be a league winner now as a PPR RB2 with upside if he can maintain this kind of target volume. Barber also has some fantasy relevance as a touchdown-dependent flex if Gibson were to miss time with his toe injury. 
Wayne Gallman, 74% ESPN, 81% Yahoo. And Alfred Morris, not rostered at all. Gallman is the number six running back in fantasy since week seven. He's rostered in most formats, but really should be 100% rostered. If he, if Gallman is gone, then Morris is a desperation RB4 for deeper leagues, as he's seeing some goal line work behind a Giants team that shockingly beat Seattle and could get Daniel Jones back from his hamstring injury this week. Benny Snell, 57% ESPN, 44% Yahoo. And Anthony McFarland, 2% ESPN and 3% Yahoo. We talked about these guys last week, and somehow they're only rostered in about half of leagues out there. As mentioned before, Connor is a cancer survivor, and hopefully he'll have a quick recovery with no severe issues. But there is a chance that he could miss extended time. If so, Snell and McFarland could both be in play as flex options for as long as Connor is out. Ty Johnson, not rostered in ESPN, just 2% Yahoo. If Frank Gore were to miss this week's game against Seattle due to the concussion, Johnson should again fill in as a workhorse back for the Jets. He could be an RB3 with upside after we just saw the Giants running backs combine for nearly 200 rushing yards against the Seahawks. Giovanni Bernard, 72% ESPN, 68% Yahoo. Bernard's roster percentage continues to decline after poor performances with the entire Cincinnati offense struggling with Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley under center. Still, Bernard is seeing enough of a workload to be a viable flex play with upside for teams in desperate need of help at the running back position, especially this week against the Cowboys defense that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. James White, 57% ESPN, 68% Yahoo. White had just three receptions and no carries in a shocking 45-0 blowout of the Chargers, but he remains a flex play and should see more receiving work in what should be a much closer game against the Rams this week, especially if New England falls behind. Devontae Booker, 72% ESPN, 71% Yahoo, and Jalen Richard, 4% both. Booker is most rostered, but still available in quite a few leagues, and Richard is widely available. The Raiders' offense as a whole looked rough against the Jets outside of Darren Waller, but with the report that Jacobs could be dealing with a high ankle sprain and potentially miss the entirety of the fantasy playoffs, Booker and Richard could both be desperation flex plays while filling in for him. And finally, Adrian Peterson, 36% ESPN, 48% Yahoo. If for some reason DeAndre Swift remains out with the illness, we've seen that Peterson gets enough goal line work to make him a touchdown-dependent RB3 with upside. If Swift returns, though, then Peterson becomes a much riskier RB4 play. And as they are for wide receivers, Tim Patrick, 16% in ESPN, 21% roster in Yahoo. Outside of the lone start from Kendall Hinton, Patrick has been remarkably consistent since Denver's bye. From week six onward, Patrick has quietly averaged 13.6 PPR points per game and doesn't have a single game of less than 10 PPR points. He's a serviceable wide receiver three with upside. Kiki QT, 12% rostered in ESPN, 27% Yahoo. Nearly half of QT's yardage came on a broken play where he was wide open versus the Colts, but QT saw season-high nine targets with Will Fuller suspended. It sounds like Brandon Cooks is fine, but if he were to miss any time, QT's target volume makes him a decent wide receiver three option with upside. Michael Pittman, 43% in ESPN, 62 in Yahoo. We mentioned last week that Pittman is worth adding given his high upside, but remains a boomer bust play. Even with a fairly quiet day versus Houston, Pittman is worth a look versus a Raiders defense that just gave up 28 points to the Jets.
Sterling Shepard, 66% rostered in ESPN and 51 in Yahoo. Shepard's status hinges on Daniel Jones returning to the lineup. But if Jones plays, Shepard has generally been the most productive of the Giants wide receivers with him under center and would be a flex option with a solid floor. Cole Beasley's 58% rostered in ESPN and Yahoo. He already has a touchdown tonight versus San Francisco. He could have easier sledding versus Pittsburgh this coming week with the Steelers potentially down two of their starting cornerbacks. He could see a lot of targets versus a depleted Steelers secondary and is a good flex option with upside if this game turns into a shootout. LaVisca Chenault, 12% rostered in ESPN, 16% Yahoo. If Chenault's thumb is fine and he plays, he's shown to be a wide receiver option with scoring upside, even with Mike Lennon under center. He'll face a reeling Tennessee secondary that's top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. And they just gave up over 300 yards and two touchdowns to the Cleveland wide receivers this past week. Darnell Mooney, 9% ESPN, 12 on Yahoo. Since Trubisky took over as the starter, Mims has been second on the team in targets over the last two games with a 20% target share. He's a serviceable wide receiver four with some upside versus a struggling Houston secondary that allowed some big plays to the Colts wide receivers this past week. And Denzel Mims, 10% and 12% respectively. And Brashad Perriman, 16% in ESPN, 24 in Yahoo. If you're desperate, Mims and Perriman are boom and bust, boom or bust wide receiver fours with potential for target volume if the Jets trail in the second half of this game, which we expect. And at tight end, we've got Dalton Schultz, 31% roster in ESPN, 20% Yahoo. Since Andy Dalton's return following the Cowboys' bye, Schultz has seen 17% of the team's total targets over the last two games. Cincinnati is also top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends, so if you've been streaming tight ends all year, Schultz is as good a bet as any this week. Tyler Eifert, 3% ESPN, 6% in Yahoo. Eifert's quietly averaged 66% of the offensive snaps and a 14% target share with Mike Glennon under center over the last two weeks. It's not much, but he has upside against the Titans defense that just got carved up by Baker Mayfield of all quarterbacks and gives up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Jordan Reed, 15% in ESPN, 26% Yahoo. Reed's been second on the team in targets over the last two games. He's been quiet tonight so far against Buffalo, so it hasn't translated to production, but we'll see how Ayuk and Debo Samuel cut into that target share. Few tight ends can boast about averaging six targets per week as of right now, though, so if you're desperate, Reed's a volume play if you have no better options. And finally, Cole Komet, 1% ESPN and Yahoo. There seems to have been a change in the guard in Chicago with Jimmy Graham taking a back seat to the rookie Komet, who's now played on 70%, 79%, and 78% of the offensive snaps over their last three games. Komet tied Allen Robinson for the team lead in targets versus Detroit with seven apiece, and he could see similar target volume again this week if the Bears fall behind to the Texans. Komet's worth a shot in deeper leagues. And as for defenses, Tampa Bay's DST 57% and ESPN 44 and Yahoo. We mentioned last week that Tampa Bay has an incredible fantasy playoff schedule versus Minnesota this week, Atlanta next week, and Detroit in week 16. They're the top priority at it, defense, if you didn't stash them last week for both week 14 and rest of season. Tampa Bay should be well-rested coming off their bye against a Minnesota team that's turned the ball over seven times the last four games. San Francisco DST, 42% rostered in ESPN, 48 in Yahoo. We'll see how the Niners do against Buffalo tonight, but their defense has been playing far better with the return of Jimmy Smith and other players in the secondary in recent weeks after dealing with injuries early in the year. They should be a strong start versus Washington this week, who allowed the 12th most fantasy points to opposing defenses this year. 
Speaking of Washington, Washington's DST, 41% roster in ESPN, 24 in Yahoo. Even with San Fran playing better and even beating the Rams last week, Nick Mullins is still struggling under pressure, having taken five sacks and thrown four interceptions over the last three games. Chase Young and company should be able to get him at least a few times in this game after what they did to Ben Roethlisberger and company. And Carolina DST, 4% in ESPN, 5 in Yahoo. Drew Locke and the Broncos kept things close for Kansas City on Sunday night football, but Denver has given up the very most fantasy points to opposing defenses this season. They've turned the ball over multiple times in eight of their 12 games this year. Yeah, it's all down to this. Uh, win or go home in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, week 14, uh, it's almost the holidays as well, so an exciting time of year for sure. Uh, as we mentioned with tight ends, but with any position, well, you know, it's always uh, easier to just find us on Twitter. If you have specific questions about lineups or waiver additions, you can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S, Los. And you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. Hopefully uh, you guys have earned a first round buy, but if not, best of luck to you in week 14. It's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Industry leading. Difference-making, tomorrow-shaping, world-changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte.